Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Revelations chapter 7, beginning at verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength 
be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they, and where do they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him today, serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the land at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of the living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The second lesson is found in 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or know him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are, and who the children of the devil are. And one who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. According to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We continue with our hymn in 672, Jerusalem the Lord. the boy 
So, Daddy, I just want to thank you for tomorrow. And Benjamin Reeves finished with this thought. When I think of my past and the fact that a loving father would not let me go, that he reached down in his divine providence and lifted me up off the streets, when I think of what he has done for me and then think that he is planning a new thing for me that will surpass the past, I just want to say, Father, I want to thank you for tomorrow. Today is a bittersweet day, isn't it? Now, I think I've said it before, All Saints Day is an interesting day for me as a pastor. Uh, seeing as most of you all, uh, uh, all you all, uh, usually sit in your regular spot in church. Uh, and the same downtown as it is out here. Uh, but, you know, the thing is that there's an empty spot a lot of times when that person dies. And as I look around at both places, I, I see some familiar places that are missing. At church, uh, there was Art and now Dr. Buckman and then Albert Phillips Johnston, they usually sat on the pulpit side. A little bit further back was Marshall Lemonager. There uh, there's also the, some of the shut-ins of Marilyn and Jansen, John Price that we read, and Mike Lerner. Out here, uh, there's Tom Martin, uh, he used to sit over here in the earlier service, and and uh, and then some of our lay ministers uh, of the past, Art Schumacher, John Gears, and David Lemon. Then there are all the other names that we spoke of today uh, that I spoke and I'm sure that as I was going through that list, you were probably thinking of some names in your own mind as well. You were remembering those who have gone before us in the faith. Some of those folks we named today had not been in church for some time because of failing health. And for others, they were in worship, but, uh, but their death was pretty sudden. And now they and their brothers and sisters in the faith have completed their course of their journey in this life, and now have gone to be with their Lord and Savior Jesus. Today's All Saints Day, and our main thoughts are of death, but also eternity. You know, there are times when we think about the effect that the death of someone close to us will have, right? Or maybe how our death will affect those on, uh, uh, the effect that it will have on those that we leave behind. Maybe there may be those times when we are fearful of what will happen with death comes calling. Uh, there are those times when we consider all kinds of questions about how we are going to cope uh, if, if a spouse or a child or even parents die suddenly. There are those moments when we are alone in our own thoughts and wonder, what will it be like What will heaven be like? What will eternity be like? Will we see those who have gone before us? You know, a lot of times death is a pretty popular subject in, in the television and movie industry. Uh, and so often when death comes on the screen, uh, you get it sometimes, but rarely do you get to see the, the, the grief and the pain and the, the sorrow uh, that the death of someone brings to families and spouses and the hearts of others. Uh, and when, when someone that, uh, and, and we know that when someone dies, even someone we don't know very well, this can have a powerful impact on us, right? And as, as your pastor for over 27 years now, I've stood inside the hospital bed, the household bed uh, of church members and 
felt that pain as a grief as, as a spouse or children and grandchildren say those last words of farewell and speak of their love for that person dying. But the pain of others is nothing like the pain of death when it touches us personally, right? When death comes home and it takes away someone very close to you and then removes that person from your life, that hole that is left, the pain that is there is almost indescribable, isn't it? The loneliness, the loss, the, the, the emptiness, the grief, all those emotions and more. We go through that when we have been, uh, when we have suddenly been separated from someone near and dear to us. In scripture, we read about the death of Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus, right? By the time Jesus gets there, the funeral is over. Uh, he's been in the grave for four days. And in that moment, Jesus demonstrates his power over death and calls out to the man in the grave as if he could hear him, Lazarus, come out. And the eyes of those standing around the, the grave must have literally popped out of their heads. And maybe some even fainted as Lazarus did come out of the grave, uh, still wrapped in the burial cloths, emerging from the tomb. What a sight that must have been. Now, the early Christians, they too, where they were not strangers to death, they lived in a time of great persecution. Many were killed in horrible ways. Family lost fathers, mothers, even children for those who refused to forsake Jesus. And death was never really far away. I'm sure they must have wondered why their beloved family member had to suffer so much and be taken by them, uh, from them by death, a cruel death usually. I'm sure they must have grieved deeply as children and, and the children and the old and the frail alike fell to fell victim to the madness of the Roman emperors. I'm also sure they were comforted here by this heavenly vision given to St. John, a vision to all who endured terrible persecution with those words, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat, for the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know, as you think about those whom you love, as you think about their death, or maybe contemplate your own, what is it that brings you comfort? What is it that prevents you from being just sort of scared out of your wits about facing the unknown? What is it that helps you cope with the death of someone close to you? As God's children, we have tomorrow, right? We have something to look forward to. And this weekend helps us to look ahead, past this life. Maybe what helps us is the thought that heaven and eternity with Jesus is just such a wonderful place, right? Later in John's Revelation, chapter 21, he attempts to describe the indescribable, right? Describing the beauty of heaven. Streets paved with gold, walls made of emerald, sapphire, jasper, gates of pearl. And not only is there the description of its beauty, but we also hear that there won't be all the things that plague us now. There won't be any suffering or sickness or sin or dying that we experience in this life. When we hear that, we think of those who have suffered so greatly in this life. In faith, we know that they are now free, right? Free from those troubles, now enjoying the blessings of life with Jesus throughout all eternity. I know many people, maybe I'm sure you have too, who, have, who live a long and fruitful life now, 
but boy, those bodies and, and mind are just sort of wearing out. They're still hanging on. They wait with that eager anticipation for the day when they too will be called from the suffering that has been their lot in this life. They long for the healing that comes with life in the presence of Jesus. No more arthritis, no more heart problems, no more shortness of breath, no more walking canes or wheelchairs, right? Heaven and eternity for them means something new. New life with a new body. Closely associated with the beauty of heaven is that idea that heaven and eternity are our home, right? I mean, does the thought of going home to be with Jesus help you cope with death? I mean, home is the place where we feel safe, right? Home is where we experience love, uh, where our needs are cared for, where we find the people that we love, a place where we feel relaxed and at ease, where we can be ourselves. Home is one of the nicest places in the world. Now, if home is all those things in this life, how much nicer will it be home in heaven and eternity? Jesus talks about our heavenly home when he promises, there are many rooms in my Father's house and I am going there to prepare a place for you. Home. So really, dying isn't scary. And just as coming home is a great feeling after a long trip, so also going home to Jesus and his presence for all eternity will be the best experience we can ever have. What is it that brings you comfort? As we look ahead past this life, maybe it's the thought of meeting up with those loved ones in heaven and eternity. Maybe that helps you cope with the struggles that you have, maybe cope with dying. Now, we're not getting a lot of information in the Bible, but it is that we, we draw from the fact that gathered around heaven and eternity, as we saw in our first reading today, are those people who have trusted in Jesus as their Savior, right? Maybe everyone in heaven will be like lifelong friends. We don't know. But we do to recognize some of the faces in that crowd gathered around the throne of God. Come on. A man once said that when he was a child, he thought of heaven as a place with domes and spires and beautiful parks. In fact, the most beautiful place imaginable. Then his parents died. Then his brothers and sisters died. His wife died and his children, one by one, many of his friends passed away. He said that he no longer thought of heaven as only a beautiful place, but also as a place where he knows quite a few people out there. He concluded by saying, now there are, many, there are so many loved ones there, I sometimes think at this moment, I know more people in heaven than I do on earth. So maybe the idea of seeing in heaven and eternity all those who've gone before you is that comforting thought. What is it that brings you comfort? Unless Jesus returns first, maybe it's the thought of being with Jesus in eternity that really helps you cope with the idea that someday you will die. You know, we are here on this earth for just a short time, right? I mean, the whole scheme of things, 80, 90 years is all that long. We're just sort of passing through. Uh, the permanent home that we have is with Jesus. He is there, he is waiting to welcome us with outstretched arms when the time comes for us to enter each other. It is Jesus who made that possible for you and me to have eternal life. Out of his love for us, he gave up his own life so that we could have eternal life with him. 
to be in the presence of someone who loves us with such a perfect love, regardless of who we are, of what we have done, and what our background is, and it's in itself such a fantastic experience. I mean, you might be thinking of some of those special moments you felt especially loved by someone. You know, take that, multiply it by a million, and, and you might just have a fraction of what it's like to be loved by Jesus. What is it that brings you comfort? As we look ahead to the life to come, maybe it's the promises of the Bible to help you go from death and dying. The promises like, I am with you always, or I have gone to prepare a place for you, or nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or yet, in a little while, you will see, the Lord will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also shall live. Or everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Or, like we heard today, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The blessings of God's promise helps you and me to look ahead to eternity with joy. What is it that brings you comfort? What is it that, that helps you in the face of death? Maybe it's your baptism and God's promise there to walk with you throughout this life for all its highs and lows until that time you reach your heavenly home. Because in your baptism, God promised to love you as a parent loves a child and, and he will never abandon you even in your greatest hour of need. With faith in Christ, you'll be confident about your future. Now, you might not, a whole, might not know a whole lot of details about your future. You probably won't know what joys and, and troubles lie ahead for you. You probably don't even know what will be the cause of your death. But my dear friends in Christ, while the details of our future are uncertain and are unknown, there is one thing we can be certain about. And that is that we have a Savior who loves us and who holds our lives in his hands and deals with us lovingly in the most caring way possible. It is a love that ushers you and me into his presence for all eternity. And in this love, we trust. We have something to look forward to. It is a gift from Jesus. And Jesus has promised it. So let's rejoice. Let's take comfort in his precious promises. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.